Podcast. We are back with Mark Grady. Mark, I don't know how many times you've been on a show now. It's probably like a lot. <laughs> I'd say probably four or five, right? At least. And we finally got to meet each other at Shot Show this year. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. That's the first time that we uh, actually met face to face. It didn't feel like it. It's so weird. Like you do so many of these like calls and Zoom calls and yeah. conversations. You feel like you know someone already. Absolutely. And you're a lot taller than I knew. <laughs> people will say to me at signings all the time it's like you're taller than you are on your book and i'm like what does that even mean it's like it's, it's a two-inch photograph on the book that was awesome man and you were at the Aimpoint booth which is really cool man some uh, high quality gear there brother yeah I, I had an amazing time i was when they asked me to do this i was so excited my publicist was like hey this company called Aimpoint." i was like oh yeah i'm there and they're like shot show and i'm like yeah i'm there because i've been to shot show once um signing books with 511 and uh brad taylor the author was there with me that time and we had a blast and uh that was 2015 so i hadn't been back since um, wow so it, it was it was a tremendous amount of fun my wife went and you know she's not into guns or anything like that at all and the first day there she saw a guy that she knew really well went to like boarding school with or went to elementary school with and i was like wow you, you know more people here than i do at this point that is such a weird experience to walk around shot show and running into people. It's like in the community in the shooting sports yeah. community. And you're like, wow, this is, everybody knows each other. Yeah. Yeah. It's right. Bizarre. So what, when you were at shot show, did you see anything kind of caught your eye? Did you get a chance to look around? I mean, obviously aim point, but you know, besides yeah, every, everything caught my eye. Honestly, I, I w walked around for hours and hours. It was funny. Cause I told my wife, I'm like, listen, you, you probably don't want to do this, but I'm, you know, she had credentials just like I did. I was like, I'm just going to go just walk for hours. And she's like, well, you know, I walk a few miles a day for exercise. I'll just go with you. So she was with me. And um, the, the book I'm writing now, which isn't the one I'm promoting now, it's next year's book involves a lot of uh, robotics. So there was obviously quite a few companies with, with drones and the, the sort of robot dogs and stuff that law enforcement using bomb, you know, EOD stuff. And I uh, spent a lot of time at those booths, the staccato, my buddy, Josh Hood. Um, it's, is carrying a staccato CS now. So I just, I had to meet them and look at their stuff. Cause that was really cool. And, uh, you know, I, I have a SIG, so I spent some time at SIG and, you know, I have a guy, I have a rock river, you know, it's like, I, so it, it, I was like going around to familiar places, but it, it was also always just this walking around with your eyes open. Cause it, everything is there. There's so much there. It's fascinating. Oh, it's crazy. That's one thing I was talking about with you before we started was these, these shadow systems. Mm-hmm. I'm digging him. Yeah. You know, cause that's the thing about court is always rolling around with a Glock and yeah. Glock is such a staple of the community. Yeah. It's like worldwide staple of the community. Now everybody's getting into the SIGs and you and I yeah. both carry the SIG 365 here and there. Yeah. But I'm really digging. I'm kind of looking at going back into that Glock world. That Yeah. That the Glock shadow type. system looks pretty good. <laughs> looked pretty good to me. It did, man. I've never yeah. shot a staccato yet either. Yeah. Not, neither have I, I, I held one. My, just, I, I was at Josh, my, friend as i said that has one he just pulled it out and he's like yeah i'm trying this one out and uh, i loved it love the feel of it you know it's a it's like a 2011 but it's cut down a little bit it's, it feels great in your hand so i mean it doesn't feel in any way small i think it's 15 round mag it's a uh, 
I'm doing an ad for staccato right now. <laughs> I've never even shot one, but now I know we're, we're doing an ad for, let's see who we're doing, but a lot of the times, uh, but integrating these into books, that's kind of where it's at. Mm. And a lot of people are getting, while they're getting into these books are starting to see like, Oh, you know what? It, you're adding realism to it by getting down to the down and dirty. Yeah. Yeah. I think it has to be done right. Like I spend a lot of time thinking about it. There is a point where it's, just gun porn and you're just sort of like giving you know if it's nothing you know if, if the story turns into uh, feet per second and you know windage and all that kind of stuff it can kind of detract from the story but i from my first book i've put a lot of information about the guns in there and and i think it brings credibility and it also brings life i mean obviously the gun people enjoy it but you know when i i read books long longer than i've been involved with guns and I wanted to, you know, I'd never heard of an MP5 until I read, you know, Ford Mac Ford. Bolin. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was going to say Frederick Forsyth or Mac Bolin or something like that. And uh, and I love like learning that stuff if it's done in the right, you know, doses. And then my my stuff has gotten pretty simple because Court has always carried my hero has always carried a G19, and uh, and I think I'm going to liven that up. He's up. He, there's always a battlefield pickup <laughs> a few times in, in the, in each of the books. So, you know, it's like I've shot a friend's VP nine, uh, HK and I, and I like that. And I was like, yeah, he's going to use one of those a little bit. And, um, there are some, some different thing. When I was at shot show, I was in the North American arms booth and I was looking at the little 32 or whatever, the little semi-auto and the, and the guy came up and he, I was with my wife and he's like, yeah, you, you really want to, he's talking to her. You really want to check the slide on that. Uh, and see if that's you're comfortable with that because you know there's has this hard, and I was like no 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 I'm looking for me <laughs> I mean it's a little gun <laughs> I'm six three but I, it's like no I'm looking for me I think it's a pretty cool gun. There's so you know when you that's like me I was doing a podcast yesterday and we started getting into guns and I'm like there I look at guns differently I think you and I talked about this before it's almost like artwork yeah there's like the machining oh, yeah. about it it's like yeah, yeah. if you look at a '66 Corvette you're like wow yeah. Yeah, that's like American. It's a muscle, yeah. you know, the, the Camaros and stuff. Same thing with guns. Yeah. When you I look mean, at some of these, you're like, wow. Absolutely. And I say this about I've said this about my I have the same Glock 19 Gen 3 that I've had since about 2003. And I put tens of thousands of rounds through it. And I am terrible uh, as far as cleaning and, um, you know, like thumping the mud out of it or, you know, racking the slide to clean the mud out of it. And, and I I tell people it's the most reliable item i've ever owned in my life you know bar none there's nothing i i probably don't have a hammer that that has worked as consistently as my g19 so i'll never get rid of it there's yeah there's no check engine lights when it comes to guns yeah yeah i mean yeah. you could tell when they're going and you could tell which ones are like you really need to keep them clean all the time yeah right oh, like, i've been carrying glocks forever for work yeah. but you know so i started out with a bread in 96 which was like mm -hmm. a brick mm -hmm. it was double action only Cause this was a border patrol. They didn't really trust anybody with a gun. And I used to sweat so much during my shift because I'd be hiking all over the place. Uh -huh. And I, I swear it rusted every night. So you have to clean it all the time, even if yeah. you're not shooting it. Yeah, yeah. And then when I went to become a special agent was Glock 19. And then later on I was able to per do a, uh, I went to work for army CID. So I went to a SIG and then I went to, uh, back to a Glock. And then I was, I <laughs> did a personal purchase for HK uh, P2000 SK, the smaller one. Yeah. But it had to be 40 cal. Yeah. And now I'm ending up my career with a Glock 19 again. So it's like all for There's but, something really cool about all the different things, but then you think of it as a, in a bureaucratic sense, it's kind of stupid because, uh, you know, there's a lot of guys that, and women that move around from, 
you know, sort of one government agency to another, yeah. and they're always having to <laughs> pick up different guns. So, you know, in, in the big sense, it probably doesn't make sense, but it's cool that you got to, you know, spend so much time with all these different weapons. Yeah. That's the, well, then you got to figure holsters because the holster, the issue is always like some really weird, cheap, like oh, really? leather holster. So then you got to yeah. buy all these different things. Yeah. But the good thing about it is I get to like shoot different guns. Right. Right. Now, my off duty gun now is like, like I said, I took a three, six, SIG 365, but I put a Wilson lower on it. So I made it like an XL. I did too. I, I have an XL with, <laughs> with the the Wilson Combat Grip Module, and uh, I, I love it. I really love it. It's so fun. There are such good guns, man. Yeah, I love yeah. it. Yeah. Wow. This is the most pimping of anything. I feel like I'm I, I'm like the sham wow guy for guns. Right I know. Now. <laughs> oh, what else are we talk about? So we talk about Shadow. We're talking about <laughs> Spartan. Yeah. That's no, because awesome. everybody before we started the show, we started talking about gear, and like me, I love gear, and I love different manufacturers. I like ones that have been kind to me. Um, yeah. but I just, I'd like to real, I, that's where I kind of like where, where books are going when you don't do the gun porn and stuff. Yeah. Now I had like Stephen Hunter on and yeah, you could talk windage and stuff cause you're talking about a sniper. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, he's yeah. very yeah, it's much relevant to the story. It's relevant to the story. And, um, and you know, it's like if you're reading and, and somebody's got an a aim point optic on their pistol as, as a reader, a knowledgeable reader, you take that person a little more seriously than the, the guy with running around with the Lorson or whatever, and not to slag on anybody, but you know, um, you know, the guy with the iron sights versus the guy, the guy with the aim point. Um, you know, it's like it, it, there is something narratively important about that if it's done right. And that's the thing now is everybody's, you have to, you have to stay up to date with firearms. Cause they're changing. Like everybody's using yeah. the red dots now. Like yeah. me, when I shoot competition, I actually shoot iron sights. Really? Uh, when I do IDPA and I, when I shoot USPSA, there's two different branches that right out there, guys. Yeah. And uh, one's more combat oriented. And one's more like, just get the rounds down range, which is USPSA. Yeah. And, yeah. You, and I use a red dot for that. I see. But yeah. so I'm using a, a SIG 320 and I did a Wilson lower on that one. And I did a gray guns trigger, uh, trigger on it. And I'm using low grip stuff and iron sights, but I, yeah. to me, it's like Legos. I, I put it all together myself and do that. Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, it is funny. I have a, a, a CZ Scorpion Micro um, pistol, which had a you know has a wrist brace on it. I guess for the uh, next few months, and and then then it either it won't or it'll be an SBR. But I, uh, you know, I've had the gun for two years and they don't make it anymore. You know, they, they make a, a different version. Um, and, uh, you know, with a different type of mag release or whatever. And it, it's just funny how you do have to stay up on things. Well, Mark, that's the other thing about you is, you know, when you first started getting into like, almost like, okay, you go from the Clancy books or a little more complex, a little more world. You're looking at the macro level, the geopolitical yeah. level, and you get down to a court gentry where you're looking at like the micro operative. Yeah. You change, you started going to, shooting competition not competition but shooting training yeah. training with other officers training with military training with everybody and learning the systems that you're going to integrate yeah I, honestly even before i wrote gray man um i knew that i needed to know more about guns i mean i shot rev a revolver that my mom had you know that was probably all i'd ever shot and you know i was a grown man uh no that's not true i actually bought a gun on my 18th birthday and uh uh a tour, you know, Brazilian Beretta, uh, Taurus, uh, 92, PT92. PT92. Yeah. It's a gorgeous gun. Um, I had one too. Did you? Um, uh, and so I, you know, I, I'd shot, but not that much. And then, so I started going to uh, a school in middle Tennessee, uh, 
where they were training a lot of civilian contractors, but there was also law enforcement people there. There was also military there getting some different types of training. And then I've, I've gone to other schools since. And it was a really important part to learn about the tactics and, of course, to learn about the equipment but and to learn about the mindset. But also it's really important for me just to to meet the men and women that do this for a living and, uh, you know, just spend time in the team house or uh, the team rooms or the bunk houses where these, you know, these are always multiple day classes and you meet all these people. And it's so fascinating. Um, and, and it learns, I learn a lot that goes into my books from the the people that I meet. You know, the thriller genre has kind of almost turned into like, you know, if anybody shoots or plays video games, it's almost like the first person shooter of, because now you're everything you're getting integrated into like the actual tactics. And that's one thing I really like yeah. about Sierra six is you kind of learn where court gentry gets it. Right. It's almost like he's a mutant where he, where he kind of can see things differently than normal people. That's why yeah. he's like a split second ahead of people. Right. Yeah. I wanted there to be some sort of explanation for why he's good at what he does. So uh, I've forgotten the term, but there is actually a, a term for almost being able to think a little bit faster than other people and, uh, you know, make decisions. So his, his OODA loop is, is a little bit quicker than, than other people. And, um, you know, that, that doesn't make him invincible. Um, what makes him invincible is that, you know, I have a contract for more books. That's what makes him invincible, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, it doesn't make him invincible, but it does make him, you know, it, it is some sort of an explanation instead of just as a writer saying like, Oh yeah, he's better than everybody else or whatever. Um, he's not, he just has this skill, you know, finally developed. I love that book. If I could see any movie, I'd love to see that book come yeah, into a movie. Cause it's yeah. like, thank you. It really, I think that was one of my favorite ones. Yeah. You know, then it CR six last year's book split off and there were two plot lines and one of them took place many years earlier when court first joins uh, a paramilitary unit within the CIA. He's, he was already, um, a non-official cover guy, I guess, or actually in some sort of denied program. And then he was folded into a, uh, into a um, special activities division team. And it shows him, you know, starting there and, and learning about that. And there's a present day timeline that involves things that happened in the past. So I was really happy with how that book turned out. I remember writing, it was tough. I was very worried. <laughs> I was very worried the whole time as I was writing it, that it wasn't going to turn out, but it, it did, it did really well. No, I did great. And the problem with your books, I love to listen to them because I feel like I'm in a movie. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. really do. Yeah. yeah. And I have the, I have the hardcover of the uh, burner, mm-hmm. but I don't want to, I want to listen to it. I'm like, yeah. I don't want to read it. I love no, I, Like there are certain books I love reading, but it, who's doing your narration again? Oh my gosh. His name is Jay Snyder. And yeah, uh, yeah, I think yeah. he does such a good job. And everybody that reaches out to me about the audiobook is always like, you've got to get jaded, you know, tell me Jay's going to do it next year. It's like, you need to get him to do it next year. And I'm always like, well, it's all, it's up to him, but so far he's wanted to do it every year. Uh, I can't make him do it, but no, um, it's funny when I, my first two books were out before I even got an audio contract and I don't think they had great expectations, but they decided they do it in audio and they sent me two narrators to choose from. They're like, all right, here's your choice. And I, I like both of them, but I like this Jay, I just thought was more right for the role and uh, best decision I made. I mean, because the audiobooks do really well and I never read any of my books, but I do listen to to his interpretation in the audiobooks. Yeah, I I really, I can't get over it. I, I really literally feel like in a movie. That's awesome. And that's one that's thing what I, I want. That's what I want. You have him, you have Ray Porter's incredible. Oh, There's Ray a couple Porter's of amazing. my that's like just, yeah, I love them. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like Connolly books, like Michael Connolly books. I always have to listen to the audio of those, like the Harry Bosch books and Ray yeah. Ballard and Lincoln yeah. Lawyer stuff. But I think uh, Ray Porter, you know, he did the Don Winslow uh, border series, the cartel and mm-hmm. all that stuff. And there was one of those books where I'd be walking my dog every day and the books are huge. And I'm like, there are eight different female Mexican, you know, women in this story. And I can tell them all apart. And it's Ray Porter doing it. I'm like, that's magic. I don't understand how he's able to do that. Everybody sounded differently and they would switch, you know, to, to another character. And I knew exactly what was going on. It was, it was amazing, amazing work. Now, you know, to get back to court gentry. Now, the big thing we, well, we already talked about it last interview was, I mean, like Ryan Gosling. I mean, you still must be kind of on a cloud nine or having that out there. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm happy with it. Uh, the film came out last summer. And they are working on the sequel, um, and and Gosling is slated to play it again, play the hero again. And I thought he did a really, really good job. Um, I like the movie overall. I mean, it's a great commercial for my books. It's it's not as gritty or or edgy maybe as the books, but the wit was there, the action was there, the um, kind of the the big scenes were there. Some of the dialogue in the film was better than dialogue that's in the book, so, and and I'm okay with that. I think that was it was fun for me to watch. Um, there are people that don't like the movie because there's differences from the book, but my counter to that is, well, I'm glad the book is different because I want people to read the book too. And (laughs) I don't want it just to be a rehash of what they put on the screen. And the, and the, the directors, the Russo brothers didn't want to just take pages and turn them into, you know, a screen too. They wanted to put their own spin on it. So I think it worked out well for everybody and the, and the film did really well. Have they picked what books are going to do the second one on? Um, yeah, I don't think I'm supposed to, yeah, I don't think I'm supposed to say, yeah, but, uh, but, um, yeah, yeah, that was a great, well, beep, beep, what, really? <laughs> um, <laughs> wow. But, but it's, it's, it's a book that I'm excited to see because it introduces some characters that, that weren't in the first film and, oh, and, very cool, and everything. Yeah. 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 I'm excited for that too. But where's court at now? I, you know, I was reading the intro for this book about like, you know, obviously you got to throw some Ukrainian and some oligarchs and all the other good stuff. What's he up to now? I mean, it's going to be tough coming off of Sierra six for me though. I'm telling you right now. I mean, like I'm very like vested in this character for years now. Yeah. Well, so in this one, it's, it's several months after the events of the present day events of Sierra six and court starts the, the book just, um, he's sinking yachts of Russian guys whose yachts are still out there and he's just doing it. Um, he's taken a, a contract from a, a Ukrainian billionaire who himself is a crook and it is doing this just as his small little measure to, uh, you know, because of the war in Ukraine. I was writing this last spring and summer, so it was super, you know, it was hard and stressful to try and figure out where things would be in February of 2023. Um, as far as the war, not one page of the book involves what happens inside Ukraine, but it does involve Russian foreign intelligence operations um, throughout the West. And so there's a banker in Switzerland who steals a trove of, of records that, that prove where the GRU and FSB and SVR, basically the Kremlin is spending money on bribes and whatnot in the West to, influence uh, a peace treaty that they want signed that's very cynical it'll help them it'll help the government and the russian mafia uh, at the expense of ukrainian territory and ukrainian lives and and court 
realizes he's got to get a hold of these documents. At the same time, his the woman that he loves is named Zoya Zakharova, and she's a former Russian SVR officer. She's sort of starting this story out on the opposite side. Um, there's a lot of shifting allegiances and alliances, and and not everybody's playing with all the information. So there's a lot of uh, twists and turns in it. And I think it's a pretty exciting ride. There's, there's as much, if not more, action. There's an 80-page action scene in this book, which I've never, not only have I never written, I don't think I've ever read. There's 15% of the book takes place on a train between Milan and Geneva. And there's four different kind of warring parties on the train. And, uh, you know, I try and, a lot of it is building up to the tension. But when, when the, all hell breaks loose, I mean, it's, it's a big, it's a big long scene and it's a big, big action scene. I'm going to have to wait for the audio though. Yeah, I have to. Good. Yeah, that's fine. That's great. Well, you know, one thing is I'm very, very fortunate to get advanced copies of the books and I, I love them for publicity and stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah, I'm excited about your future, brother. Oh, thanks, I'm, I'm, well, I'm Appreciate really that. more excited about you staying alive so you can write more court gentry books. I and mean, it's <laughs> kind of selfish. No, but really seriously, I like how you're getting integrated more into like the film industry too. Cause I think it's a brand, it's a great brand and it's such a thank great you. character. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I've got another um, series. I, the first one came out last summer. Mm -hmm. I think we talked about it called armored yeah. and that one's been optioned in Hollywood as well. Um, the gray man was a million to one chance that it was made and armored is, I don't know, maybe it's a million and two chance or something because I, uh, you know, I've, I've already had something made in Hollywood, but it's still, you know, super long shot, but you know, I, it, it, it's exciting to think of the possibility that it might happen. I'd love to see that too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, brother, you have two options. Well, not two options. Let's talk about this. Your favorite AR 15. You, you know, gonna, you know I don't make have a ton of, like I own the only AR 15 I own is, is a rock river. Okay. Um, I, I have a SIG MPX, which is the, yeah. the nine millimeter, you know, short, barrel rifle is mine's an SBR. Um, so I imagine the, you know, the MCX, or I guess it is called, uh, is probably pretty good. I've shot a lot of Daniel defense stuff and liked yeah. it. Um, I've never, but that's, that's it. You know, I, I imagine the SIG, you know, 416 is probably a hell of a gun. Um, but I don't have, I have three AKs, only one AR and, uh, <laughs> I know, I love AKs, man. Yeah, yeah. I I, I love it. That's all I shot yeah. for a while. Um, I, when I took a, a bunch of classes, and there was something about the ruggedness of them that I appreciated because I was uh -huh. like, we'd be shooting all day in the mud, and I'd go back to the room, and I wanted to just kind of knock the mud off of it, and uh, you know, have a beer instead of like spend the evening, you know, cleaning my gun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I have one of those um, Century Arms ones. Mm -hmm. it's the american made ak yeah, yeah I've seen it. I've that, seen it. yeah they're they're so yeah. cool yeah uh my other thing i've been getting back into it's not just lever actions but shotguns mm -hmm. i think you know semi-auto shotguns i know yeah. beretta's got some really good ones coming up but i've been rocking a mossberg 930 for years now I love oh that that's thing. a that's a great one i have a, i have a remy 870 um with what used to be called a youth stock I think now they can call it a tactical stock, but it, yeah, people people were putting use stocks on there for give it a little bit shorter. Uh -huh. I, I live I live in Memphis, and we have just incredibly high crime right now. And I live in East Memphis, which has always been sort of a bastion oh, yeah. of safety. And we've had a really really bad things happen here recently. And um, you know, having that eight seventy and my D nineteen and it's safe right there. Mm -hmm. um, you know that those are those are my go tos uh, if if something goes bump in the night, which you know God forbid, but. 
um, you know, yeah, like you said, there's something about a semi-automatic shotgun that, you know, it just feels like that that's the right tool for that job to me. And for the longest, well, that's the thing is like for the longest time I was using an 870 and I put like a little M4 stock on it mm-hmm. and, uh, I love, I've had that 870 for 20, 25 years now, Yeah, but yeah. that's really, now I took my, um, my Mossberg 930 and I put a, a nice, uh, pistol grip stock on it. I got the mm-hmm. aim point on there and I got a nice light and I'm like, that's my, that's my bedroom gun. Yeah, that's a that's a great gun. I don't have an optic on my um on my shot shotgun. I probably should get one. Yeah, you know, that's a good thing about shotguns. You throw a couple bucks up front and then you rest slugs, you're good to yeah. go. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, Mark, I appreciate you coming out. We are gonna be doing some shooting in the future and we'll take some video of that. I know we gotta get together. I'll go up there with our friend Rick Hogg and do that. some shooting. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. I would do that in a heartbeat. Everybody make sure you check out Burner, a gray man novel coming out very soon.